0: Inshallah, those brothers who are inside the masjid, definitely if you have to leave, absolutely welcome to join us online. And you can uh, close the doors. As soon as you go into the lobby, we can start. While we're starting, waiting for them, I'll share a brief story about istiqamat, in particular uh, about uh, Quran. So... Those who are sitting here, if you can have, if I can have your attention for a moment, right? This is important, inshallah The importance of istiqama. This is the reason we're having this. Uh, we are aware that Alhamdulillah, today was a very long program, but uh, we want to, uh, inshallah not give up something that we are, uh, that is, that we have started. This program, the gems of the Quran, is taking place. What all? on the nights. This is 25th night so it's happening 25 nights. Today we had a fundraising, today we had a long dua, a lot of things going on but we still want to do it. So a short story that comes to mind is as Mufti Azim is mentioning, in our Madrasa system we learned so much adab. There's so much adab that's part of our system. We had a graduation of the Tanvir program. There was a Syrian Mashallah physician uh, from Florida. He came for his son's graduation. He had finished his um, Undergrad and he had taken a gap year before he went to dental school. Uh, so he had got accepted in the dental program, then he took one year and came here. And uh, Alhamdulillah, he graduated from the Tanmir program. The day of his graduation, the father came. He said, I, he told my father a story. He said, You know, um, my son Alhamdulillah graduated today. Oh, congratulations. Yes. But should I tell you um, how I ended up sending him here? He said, What, how is that? He said, A year ago, we came for, um, he had done the summer intensive, or he had come to see the program, so he had come for a tour. So he said, he told my father that you met me in the lobby, he said, oh, where are you from, you're a new face. And Then I said, oh, I'm from Florida, so then you told me, okay, let me take you on a tour to show you. So he said, we came out from here and we went to the Mother's side, you crossed the arch, so when you opened the door, uh, you, took off your sh- your, you took off your shoe, as you were bending down, to pick up your shoe. One student came by and he picked it up and he put it in the racks. So he said, my tour of the Madrasa uh, was just starting few seconds, I was still in the shoe area. And I said, I've already decided. I have not seen that since Damas- uh, Dimash in D- Damascus. I haven't seen nobody <laughs> picking up anyone's shoes and putting it in the rack just to protect you, avoid you having to burn down. He said the deal was sealed before the tour began, now after that the library and the classrooms and that was just additional Anyway, so as I was saying, the adab we learn from our in our silsila Now, the t- student does adab of the teacher uh, but imagine if, if the teacher comes to the student So there's an example of Shaykh Al-Hind Mahmood Hassan He came to Thanabon to he was passing by to visit his student Shaykh Ashraf Ali Tanwi Hakim Al-Umad So when he came there, the, the student, what should he do? drop everything and do the khidma of his teacher. So he was he was with him. But then in the middle, after some time passed, he said, uh Shaykh hind my Ustad Mahtaram, if you give me permission, I have something absolutely important to attend to in my room and it's gonna only take a few minutes and then I'll come back. So he said, Absolutely go ahead, and you sought permission. So he went. He went into his room and a few minutes he was inside, then he came back. So afterwards Shaykh Al-Hind Mahmoud Hassan he said that um, if you don't mind I don't want to be too uh, um, invasive, or inquisitive or, um, but I'm, I'm a shocked by your behavior on two accounts number one is that I came for such a small period of time I'm not going to be your guest for three days, ten days, just a few hours perhaps and what was in the world it's so important you had to leave me and go there whereas you know, these are a few moments we have together. That's the first thing. Second thing is that, well, it's so strange that you left me. And then when you went into the room, you just were there for a few moments and you came back out. Like, what did you do so quick? Of course, if you had to the bathroom or something, that's a physical need. It makes sense. What's, what's so special in that room? So then he said that, I did not want to um, expose myself. But this is something we have learned from you. And learned from your teachers all the way back to Rasulullah. Sallallahu alaihi where he taught us the hadith of Rasulullah that "Ahabul wa in the most beloved actions to Allah are those that are the most consistent even if a little and there is a specific barakah in the, the consistency so this hour that you happen to drop by which is a great honor for me this particular hour in my schedule is when I write my tafsir bayanul quran so I had the musawwada, there's a musawwada and mubayyadah, musawwada is a draft so I had the draft where I was writing it. So if I missed today, then I would have missed the barakah of istiqamah and continuity. So before my hour elapsed, I saw, oh my god, the time for my tafsir writing, because he was a very methodological person, everything was scheduled. That's how he wrote a thousand over a thousand books, uh, so amongst many other things he did. So he said that... Uh, I. Um, I looked at the time, I said, oh, my, my, I'm going to miss my hour of writing tafsir. So I went inside to the room, I opened it up to his the tafsir, Bayan al-Quran, that was expanded by his student, Mufti Muhammad Shafi'i, into eight volumes, the Mu'adif al-Quran. And I wrote one line of tafsir, how many lines? One line of tafsir, then, then I closed it, and then I came back and sit with you, subhanallah. So this is the barakah of continuity. So today we have to do one line of tafsir. <laughs> So the, the timer doesn't start yet. I was just talking about importance of, of not missing out. Bismillah Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa ala s ba So last night, we covered Surah Hazab. Today, we will begin with and end with just a few stories or one or two stories from Surah al-Sabah. Surah al-Sabah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins by mentioning um, the blessings that He has given His beloved servants, amongst them the Anbiya Ali Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the blessings on Dawood alayhi salam and Sulaiman alayhi salam and then the nation of Saba and that's where we'll end Allah ta'ala says in ayah number 10 of surah "Wa وَلَقَدْ أَتِينَا دَاوُدَ مِنَّا فَضْلًا and we had definitely we had granted to our Nabi Dawood alayhi salam from our grace and fadl يَا جِبَال أَوْي ma'ahu مَعْهُوَ all the mountains and all the birds sing along with in the hymn in the zikr with Dawood alayhi salam when he's he when is praising Allah in the duas and the munajat that are in the Zabur, And we had alanna lahu al we had softened the hadid iron for him. So he would take iron, normally of course you have, they would have to heat up the furnace and raise the temperature of the iron and then it would become soft enough for them to mold it into different shapes and make the swords and shields. But he was to take his hands and he would mold it and he would make Raw, just raw iron in, in room temperature molded into different chains and make the chains together to create armor وَعَلَّمْنَاهُ and Allah Ta'ala said we have taught Dawud alayhi salam how to make the chain armor so there would be plate armor is like a whole shield of iron material that would be placed on the chest to protect from sword attacks and, and arrows but then a more advanced one was the chain one the chain one, the benefit of it is what? Flexible Flexibility So you can gain more full coverage uh, So the, depending on the size of person, just like you have a shirt It's tailored for you, the chain mail will be tailored based on your, your uh, shoulders, your chest, your and, and it would be designed And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam himself wore the chain armor too In fact in the battle of Uhud when our beloved Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi uh Dandani Mubarak, his beloved, his, his blessed teeth were made shaheed. What happened was the mushrik had smitten with his sword the face of Rasulullah Sallallahu Wasallam and it was the chains of the helmet which penetrated through his cheek and went into uh, the gums and ended up uprooting the teeth. So the, the blow, force of the blow was so hard. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam put his hand on his face, and it was a lot of blood coming out. And he said, كَيْفَ yuflihu قُومٌ شجو وجهن بيهم. How can such people ever be successful when they have bloodied the face of their Prophet? So Allah Ta'ala speaks here about Dawda's blessings. And and he says, Oh, oh, oh Dawood, I've given you all these blessings, I'm uh, do righteous deeds, I'm watching what you are doing. Then he talks about the blessings of Sulaiman alayhi salam and he says, What is Sulaiman Allah Ta'ala had subjugated the wind for Sulaiman salam in the morning he would fly a month's journey. in the evening if you would fly. Right, literally you would be flying on, in the wind uh, for a month's journey. So this is in the in the Quran, like the flying carpet of Sulaiman al Islam. It seems so. uh billah, may Allah forgive us. Like, a, f- is a fantasy or fictional? That's why I'm saying it's literally in the Quran. There's another narration, Allah a'lam about this one, where one time. But the point of this narration I'm saying is, is there is beneficial. Is that Sulaiman al Islam with all of his treasures on his f- a carpet was flying, and uh, one farmer he was farming and he was doing, laboring and he was tilling the earth. And he saw flying treasures, a flying palace with Sulaiman alayhi salam at the speed of in, the, in a few hours in the, in the morning, he can travel a month's distance. He's going quite fast. So he looked up and what, he said, Subhanallah. That's all he said. What are you going to say? Subhanallah. So Sulaiman alayhi salam heard that and then he, he was going fast. He paused, turned around and returned and landed. <laughs> and he said, What did you just say? He said, When I saw that, am I in trouble? <laughs> I didn't say anything wrong. All they said, Subhanallah, you turned around your whole flying carpet with the palaces and soldiers and jewels and riches and came back to ask me what I said. I'm, I'm not, hope I didn't say anything wrong. He said, No. You said, Subhanallah, I just want to remind you one thing. The reward of that one, Subhanallah, is greater than the entire kingdom of Suleiman. Because all, Subhanallah, <laughs> because all of this, Ma'indakum yanfad. All the riches of the world, everything at the end of the day is coming to an end And whatever the reward is in the hereafter is eternal. And with respect to infinity, everything, a zillion is also mathematically zero. So everything in the world is zero. And everything in the akhirah is baqiyatu salihat Is better in the eyes of the Lord. That which will remain. SubhanAllah. So Allah Ta'ala speaks about uh, the سُلِمَانَ الرِّيحَ shahrun شَهْرٌ waha shahrun. And Allah Subh'anaHu Wa said, al Allah had granted him the jinn. So these jinn, they would be working in front of him. He would be observing them. So great, huge construction projects, gigantic projects of um, developing and construction were done by these jinn. That they, you know, He did not need to have the modern um, equipment and cranes and everything. The jinn would be picking it up and putting it up together. Because Allah Ta'ala says, they are working, they are constructing in front of him. If any one of them would disobey him, then he would have Allah Ta'ala given the power to inflict punishment on these jinns. Because they are in general, have rebellious nature. This speaks about the construction projects the jinns would be performing for him. Then Allah Ta'ala is telling Dawud and Sulaiman, these two prophets, the father and son, kings and anbiya, (laughs) اِعْمَلُوا آلَ شُكْرًا Oh my, oh family of Dawood, oh Dawood and Suleiman, wives and children. Allah is saying, اِعْمَلُوا آلَ شُكْرًا Be grateful to Allah for all these blessings. Be grateful. Then Allah Ta'ala expresses, for a human being you would say this is the sadness or the taklif or the pain, the regret but for Allah He's pure from that but at the same time you could perhaps the better word is the dis- how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is displeased with those who do not He says اِعْمَلُوا shakur. How few of my servants are grateful unto me You know, Allah is above and beyond any example like the father and the mother they sacrifice everything uh, for the baby before the baby is born and the day the baby is born they look at the baby and they're ready to give their life for that baby and they do so much and then they say that why are you so disobedient you don't even recognize me, you don't even respond to my salam, saying salam to you, and walking away as Mufti Azim said in the dua, Oh Allah bring those kids back to the parents who have run away so Allah is saying shakur, how few of my servants are thankful unto me then Allah Ta'ala after mentioning the blessings first says that look despite all of the kingdom at the end of the day he had to die Allah Ta'ala speaks of death. Of whom? Sulaiman salam. There's an interesting story too. This is another interesting detailed fact that you would think maybe it's not in the Quran but it's actually in the Quran. You may remember from childhood but it's actually in the Quran. Ayah number 14 When Allah Ta'ala decreed for Sulaiman Salam to die مَا على See all the jinns are involved in the construction projects. They did not know that he died. Why did they not know that he died? Because he was leaning on a stick. And he passed away in that position Allah froze his body And they are afraid of him So they are continuing to do their jobs Whereas the taskmaster, the one who is the warden The one watching over them, the king in fact Has died But they don't know that So what happens is that but I'm not sure if you understand what I'm trying to say in the sense that a lot of these detailed narrations that we come across, then we see then we see the Sunnah then we say, Oh, this is fabricated, it's fabricated. So this is one unique detail which is not fabricated, forget about it being Israeli narration or weak hadith, this is actually Quran. That how did the stick how did they find out? It was when the insects they started eating up the stick and at a decreed time of Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala could have kept it as long as he wanted But then after, after extended time passed Then Allah Ta'ala allowed the insects to start eating the stick And when they started eating the stick Then it got weak And then he collapsed and fell down فَلَمَّا خَرَّ When he fell down تَبَيَّنَتِ jinnu, the, the jinn they realized And became hard for them to keep up their false um, uh, scam That they had upon the human beings they already knew that they didn't know the unseen but they were scamming the people that they have knowledge of the unseen jinnu alamun al that hey people started saying wait a second your king died and you kept on doing all this it was not a, like an altruistic thing they are by nature what rebellious right they're like maybe like construction project by uh, inmates right right so so this these these are prisoners they're not really excited about uh, keeping North Avenue clean or something right so they, they're, they're doing it because now what happens imagine the guards are gone and they're still doing it so this is what they said اللو كانوا 'alamu <laughs> if you knew the unseen this degrading work you wouldn't have continued in it so their cover was blown Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it apparent to all the human beings don't fall in trap of these shayateen who we'll say we have the knowledge of the unseen they have the connection with astrologers and they are giving you all of these False stories, and uh, it's so shocking to me that I thought this is like you know we have an era of science and we study science and we educated people. Uh, this is so bogus stuff. This is from you know back in the day people would believe this stuff. So nowadays, the objections that come from the science side, oh, do we? How do we reconcile evolution? How do we reconcile the existence of God with uh, intelligent design versus the Big Bang theory? We're focusing on that. So, but. It's quite shocking some of the stories that come with the individuals that there still are people in families and different divorce cases and this and that that come. Oh, my wife, you know, she's, she's hooked on to these astrologers, you know, who are fortune tellers and, uh, and palm readers and tarot cards. Are you serious? I was like, oh, what, what? Zamana? I'm focusing 100% of my, my attention du'as, fikr, concern, uh, research you know on these issues and abi aap isme padhe like how this is such a straight up jahalat nabi sallallahu alaihi Wasallam said man ata'a arrafan faqad kadhaba bima unzila ala muhammad whoever comes to a fortune teller and says you know read my palm tell me my future and the which star and which month was i born in faqad kafara bima unzira ala muhammad he has denied the revelation sent on muhammad it is batil it is falsehood it is uh, yeah. Abu Bakr had a slave who uh, he had to deal with him that he would earn money and bring money and, and serve him. So one day he was very hungry, he, asked, he would every day ask him, uh, where did you get the earning from and do his due diligence about it being halal before he consumed it. One day he was so hungry, his slave brought some food and uh, he just went and ate it. And then the slave said, wait a second, today you didn't ask me where I got the food from. Oh yeah, yeah. where did you get it from, is it certified or not certified? <laughs> You know, this is the Dalil for doing due diligence Asking He asked So he said You know a long time ago I, ha- I was a fortune teller I was a kahin And I had uh, read someone's palm And told him his future And then what happened is Years had uh, gone by Then I ended up meeting him He said oh I'll give you a payment later when I see you Then he never saw him That's what that normally happens <laughs> When I see you Then when he sees you He runs the other direction right? So uh, then what happens he's, I saw him today I got him I said wait a second You never paid me for my services of foretelling your future So he said oh yeah yeah So I got him So then he paid me With that money I went and bought the food Now Abu Bakr said Inna lillahi wa inna ilhi rajoon. He had eaten and drunk after being so hungry He was gone into his stomach And he went and he induced vomiting With so much difficulty He induced vomiting to ensure That every single morsel of that food Is expelled and th- comes out and he said, that part of the body, that laham, that meat, that wudhiyah has been nourished malin haram with haram well, Fannaru awla bihi is more deserving to burn in the fire of Jahannam. So I don't want this. Anyway, so this is, these are the shayateen, Allah Ta'ala exposed their scam. And there's people, it shocks me, I can't believe it, that they're scamming people till today with this nonsense. And I said, David and Suleiman's blessing. The third one is Qom of Saba. Allah Taala speaks about Qom of Saba. Qom of Saba was an ancient nation in Yemen. Indeed, the reason I wanted to speak about the nation of Saba is because the surah is surah Saba. Then, in the, indeed, in the uh, and in the nation of Saba, in their maskan, in their dwellings, ayah, there was a sign. Gardens. Uh, with luscious fruits and yaminin wa shimal on the right side and left side this gardens, jannatul firdaus Jannat al no, this is Jannat in the world so they had, um, in the Arabian Peninsula which has been uh, desert for centuries and prior to that, by the way, way in the beginning when it was all one continent and in the beginning of the history of planet earth they were what? jungles in the Arabian Peninsula Right. And uh, uh, then what happened over time, the climate changed and then it ended up getting drier and became deserts. But it was that organic matter that was under the ground and over time became the, some of the oil fields. And then what happens is now there are rain and things, the weather is changing. And different places started raining now in the Arabian peninsula which never rained before and things are changing. So there was a researcher who did a whole research on this that it used to be a rainy tropical climate and now it's a desert and, and after several centuries it's going to become rainy tropical again. And then uh, he came across one hadith, Rasulullah he, he did research for like 20-30 years and wrote a whole thesis on it, like 500 pages. Nabi wasallam 1400 years ago, gave the summary of that entire thing in one hadith. Uh, and then he said, you know, what's the purpose uh, whenever you have to get a thesis for a PhD, first couple pages you have to prove what? No one has ever mentioned this before. It has to be something original. not can be plagiar, you know, copied plagiar, uh, and um, this is going to be would, be would be rejected. So he saw that, someone showed him, oh you think this is the original idea? Look at this. It just has the word return. Before the Day of Judgment, the Arabian Peninsula will once again return and become full of rain and plants and vegetation. So the word "return" indicates that it used to be, and then it will come back once again before the Day of Qiyamah. Subhanallah. But in this time, majority of the Arabian Peninsula was what? Dry. And there was a specific area in Yemen where they had a dam. A very a significant dam that had developed the, uh, and and was a, one of the wonders of the world with respect to the engineering and the design of it and it stored the water and from there they had beautiful canals uh, providing the irrigation and allah ta'ala says from the water is the source of life and they had this beautiful life gardens on the right and left beautiful an yamin al-baldati wa so as far as I could see, lush green fields and gardens. Then this this dam was known as Sad Mu'arib, the Mu'arib Dam. So Allah would make the rain come and it would be preserved, the water. And then Allah Ta'ala says, Kulu rizqi Rabbikum, not fast or be me hungry, rather, Kulu, eat from mirristi rabbikum from the provision of your rob. Only thing you gotta do is eat and Washkuru lahu Recognize me and thank me and say, Oh Allah, Alhamdulillah for this food." That's all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even talk about Tawheed or Jihad or Sadaqah. It just says, mi Eat the food. Be thankful to me. Then Allah Taala says, "Baldatun wa ghafur." Beautiful, peaceful uh, city and gardens. and forgiving Allah. Now you have it. الَّتِي بَلْدَةٌ كَرِيمَةٌ كَثِيرَةٌ Khayrat. So you have beautiful soil, beautiful land, and you have a forgiving Rabbun Ghafur. Because you're going to commit mistakes, but guess what? He's Rabbun Ghafur. You got it covered. But what happened? فَأَعَرَضُوا They still uh, turned away from Allah. They said, no, we don't want that. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed their dam. The, 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 in the previous example, the ants started eating up the stick. And over here, Allah ta'ala infested it in with mice. They ended up eating it up from inside. They didn't realize it. It became hollow. And then the whole dam collapsed. And then after that, the weather, climate patterns changed. Global warming from those days is happening, right? The whole thing changed. Allah Ta'ala says All those beautiful orchards and fruits were destroyed and will turn into desolate landscapes with thorny uh, plants which cannot provide any benefit thorns Allah Ta'ala says This is what they got as a compensation, bima kafaru. As a result of their being ungrateful, kafur. <laughs> <laughs> Do I ever punish anyone besides the ungrateful one? Is a question. <laughs> <laughs> Do I ever punish anyone illa <laughs> kafur, except for the one who's ungrateful? Um, and you know the height of their arrogance is in this following ayah, ayah number eighteen. al <laughs> Between Yemen and the cities that you have placed Baraka. which is the city barakna سُبْحَانَ الَّذِي al-Masid al مِنَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ إِلَى الْمَسْجِدِ الْأَقْصَى الَّذِي بَارَكْنَ حَوْلَهُ So from Yemen till Syria, and Sham, Palestine, this whole area of Palestine, and Lebanon, and Urdu, and occupied Palestine, and all of this was called Sham, Bilad al-Sham. So from Yemen till Bilad al-Sham, it's far, uh, because if you know geography, where is Yemen? Southern Arabian Peninsula, and Sham is in the north. From here till there, فَجَعَلْنَا وَبَيْنَ الَّتِي بَارَكْنَا فِيهَا ظَاهِرَةَ وَقَدَّرْنَا We had made at, every, at a comfortable distance small, uh, small areas like oasis, small village, villages, settlements where they would have like rest areas. Their animals could get refreshed, they could get food. Food is available there. فِيهَا Travel back and forth from Sham to Yemen. Uh, in the night or in the day Amin peacefully uh, because your risk is provided to the extent that you don't even have to pack zad safar. what's zad tosha the provisions for the journey you don't have to pack up because wherever you go there is food available right on flight you know in flight uh, meal service also been taken away they had it Allah. Right? but these people were enjoying it so much, instead all they had to do is make sugar. but they said, you know what, there used to be an adventure, there used to be an excitement, are you gonna make it or not when you go out in the journey. So when the, when the caravan would leave the people would be crying, right? So the caravan is leaving. What is a caravan called in the Arabic language also in Urdu? It's called a qafila. qafila yaqfilu in the Arabic language means to return so qafila means a raja, the one that is returning so even when the caravan is leaving, it would be called qafila Why? As a good omen Nekfali, like to get luck. This is a qafila it's Kharijah, it's leaving, but it's called a qafila the, hopefully it'll come back because there are a lot of dangers out there, highway robbers hijackers, plundering, looting enslaving, putting in slavery we talked about Zayd ibn haritha he was attacked remember as a boy, he became Zayd ibn Muhammad, then he went back to Zayd ibn haritha so, so this is they, so they said, you know what, they are literally saying bring it on it's too comfortable life It's not fun They said They said Oh our Lord Create distances between our journey And it's too easy It's, it's no fun in this life أنفسهم, And they committed some Zulm upon, whom, upon themselves So we just made them hadith stories Like right now we talk about the story of Sabah This is what Allah Ta'ala said We made them a hadith, so a story That there once upon a time There was the kingdom of Sabah Long long ago right. So that means a hadith I'm just explaining this meaning We made them into a story, story. There is no reality left of that nation means we destroyed them completely destroyed them they were destroyed their location destroyed the remainders of that family they went into the different tribes they migrated across the Arabian Peninsula and that whole kingdom came to an end indeed there, there are signs for everyone who will make sabr during difficult times makes shukr during good times Iblis had prophesied and he had predicted that to Allah Ta'ala what did he say to Allah in the beginning when Allah Ta'ala he, when, he, when Allah kicked him out of Jannah for refusing the command he said Oh Allah I will misguide all of the children of Adam except for a very few who are going to be shakirin so Allah Ta'ala refers to the pledge of Iblis Iblis the promise he made uh, he was true they proved him to be true ظَنَّهُ his prediction who proved it to be true? The human beings. فتبعوه, they, they followed him. They followed his camp. إِلاَّ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ except for one group of the believers. but don't just blame him. He had no authority over them to compel them. Right? He only uh, invited them, and they chose to follow his path. And Allah said, "We made it clear. بالآخرة, we made it clear who believes in the akhirah and who remains in doubt." So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a tawfiq also to make shukr. Allah ta'ala in this land has blessed us with what? With wealth and health and prosperity. Right? Ibrahim alayhi salam made dua to Allah when he was established in Mecca. What did he make the two duas for the for their dunya? Two. Oh Allah make it peaceful. And he said, grant them risk. Two duas of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Allah reminds the Quraysh. Where's the Lord of this house? Which house? The Kaaba. He gave you food to eat so you're not hungry. Juhu, you know no hunger. And and he gave you peace and security so you're safe. In the era of Jahiliyyah, a person would meet the one who murdered his own father, would not take out his sword because of the sanctity of the Kaaba. Right. So Allah gave you, it was a small island of safety in the era of lawlessness outside so Allah reminds the two favors but these two favors that we are also enjoying in America relatively safety and we have relative, uh, mashallah abundance of risk not relative super abundance of risk right so what happens if you have the blessing today Doesn't mean you're always going to have it Because Allah Ta'ala mentions the same two blessings And says don't take them for granted And I conclude with that Allah gives the example of a the city They had risk Abundant risk coming in and they also had safety and security however they were ungrateful for the blessings of Allah Allah Ta'ala changed the condition upon them made them taste hunger and fear so may Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala allow us to wake up to the reality the greatest form of shukr for a blessing is to utilize the blessing in a manner pleasing Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala so let us avail of these opportunities and continue to worship Allah implement the deen in our lives invite our fellow citizens of this great land to the beautiful deen Allah has given us there are many beautiful hearts out there thirsty for searching for the truth searching for peace and comfort and we have the blessing and we are hoarding it for ourselves not even for ourselves neither ourselves benefiting nor letting anyone else benefit may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala awaken us from our slumber and ask all of you to make dua for me and we make dua for you on this blessed night Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq and wa in a few minutes after this, InshaAllah, Muhtadhibudin session will begin with the youth. The rest of us can continue with the ibadah. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the sister side will be closing, the physical side, but the online will remain. Jazakumullahu <laughs> khairan.